Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Welcome today to Southside Church. My name is Jeff Williams, and I'm thankful that you would be a part of this day with us. It, it means a lot that you would choose to just come and hang out with us for a little while and, and um, just let us share with you God's good news. I believe that. I believe it is good news. I believe it's good news for me. It's good news for you. And when we read it and apply it, I believe it touches our life in profound and extraordinary ways. And I would love to invite you to come be a part of what God's doing on our campuses at Redstone and at Commerce. We have two locations, 915, 11 on Sundays and on Wednesday nights. If you live in our area, it really is. This is just a, it's just a way for you to kind of get a picture of, of some of the content, some of the preaching that you might get, but really you miss out on so much more. Come and see us. Come sit down and be a part of what God is doing on our property because I, I believe, I believe everybody, everybody needs a church, everybody needs a small group, and everybody needs a pastor. And those things are, are vital, I believe, in your life because I don't think it's if you will need it, it's when you'll need it. And when that time comes, you want to be able to call on people that will be there for you. You know what? I'll say this. We'll be there for you. We'd love to be a part of your world. We would love to make an investment in your life. We would love to to see God go to work in and through you to make a difference, not just in you, but in your family, in your neighbors, in your coworkers, in the people in your sphere of influence. And so I'll start today by saying this. You good? I mean, that's a question we ask each other a lot. I know this happens a lot in my house, happens at work. We do it on Sunday. We just see people say, hey, you good? And and generally, I'll say, sure, you? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm fine. And so it kind of goes along with the good and fine principle that everybody is either good or fine, even though in reality, we are not. Things are not always good. Things are not always fine. And in a lot of cases... They're that way most of the time in our life, but we just don't want to take the time to break that down for people, and if you're like me, sometimes I think people just don't want to know, and I'll just keep it to myself. You know why? They got their issues, but it still comes around this this question, you good? Because if you're not, I want to help you. Walking through the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6 is Jesus really helping these good people really see the direction that he wants them to take or he wants to take them in their life. Jesus came to give you life and life abundantly, life to the fullest, according to John chapter 10, verse 10. And that means something today, that Jesus wants to do that in you. He wants to do it in you. He wants to do it for you so that then he can do it through you. And so I will ask this question because whether you're a, a, a believer, a follower in Jesus Christ or not, I'm just going to say this. I want to know why is it that so many Christians today seem to lack that sense of fullness in life, that sense of joy, that sense of peace that passes all understanding. Do you experience that? Do I experience that? There's a lot of times in my life where I don't. And, and I've kind of ex- wanted to embrace this mantra in my life in 2024, I'm going to choose joy. And, and, and when things are going good, it's easy for me to choose joy. It's when I get hit or then didn't see coming, man, it, it causes difficult times in my life. And so I want to choose joy in every season of life. I don't want there to be something missing. 
generally when I get in this place in life, I, I, I do this. I make God small. A lot of times when I'm undergoing difficulty and struggles and, and just uncertainty, I, I tend to make my problem, allow my problem to be bigger than I view my God. And so my biggest problem really is my small view of God. God is all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's all-present. He's everywhere. He can do anything. He created everything that you and I see. He made you. He made me breathe into our nostrils the breath of life, and we became living beings. He sent his son to give his life on a cross for us. He died for you. He died for me so that we could have life in his name. A God that can do that can accomplish all of those things. There's nothing that he can't do. And I get it. I preach it. I say it. Man, we need to quit. I've heard guys say this. I've said it myself. We need to quit telling God about our giants and how big our giants are and start telling our giants how big our God is. Our biggest problem in life in so many situations is our small view of God. Jesus said in Matthew 6, and we get there today. He said, but seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first God and his righteousness, his ways. The best way to describe righteousness is this. Two things, to be made right with God and to do right according to God. And, and so God is the author of right. He is. He has the, he has the patent on truth. And so God is the God of truth. He never does anything wrong. He always does right. And if God ever tells you no, it's because he's got a greater yes in your life. And so Jesus is saying all this. He's saying, I love you. I'm with you. I'm for you. Therefore, seek God first. Seek first the kingdom of God in his ways. And then all of these things will be provided for you. What? What are all these things? Well, you've got to go back through Matthew 6 and see the things that he's talked about. See all the issues that he's dealt with, the things that we worry about, the things that make us fearful, the things that cause us to lose sleep at night, that cause our heart rate and our blood pressure to go up. Those kind of things, that's, that's Jesus said all of these things will be provided for you when you seek first the kingdom of God. Why? Because belief always precedes behavior. Belief always precedes behavior. Say that with me. Belief always precedes behavior. You sound really good. That sounds awesome. Anyway, nevertheless, see, we can, we can either live life shackled by the things of this life we can live liberated and led by the Spirit of God. And so if belief precedes behavior, then we need to embrace the fact that we can either live life shackled by the things of this life in this world, you know, worry, stress, anxiety, fear, doubt, or we can live life liberated and led by the Spirit of God. Today, I called this message ifs and buts. You know why? Because if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Ah! <laughs> what have I really tried to say? I want to share with you what are the keys to lasting peace and joy. Peace. Peace. We used to sing a song in my home church growing up. I know the peace speaker. 
and I know him by name. I know the peace speaker. He controls the winds and waves. When he says peace, be still, they have to obey. Because I know the peace speaker and I know him by name. Why did I say that and not sing it? Because I can't sing. But nevertheless, you know, if you want the keys to lasting peace and joy, here's some very important things for us to grab hold of. Number one, if we want, if we want to have lasting peace and joy, I think it's important for us to know what to fight. You've got to know what to fight. If I want lasting peace and joy, then it begins by knowing what to fight. And Jesus deals with that in Matthew 6, verse 25. He said, this is why I tell you. This is why I tell you, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Well, yes. Yes, it is. There's more to life. I mean, I may struggle with that some because I like to eat. There's more to life than just food and what we drink. There is more to life than what we wear and the things that we possess. There's more to life than that. Because if it wasn't, then, then the wealthiest people in the world would be the happiest, most peaceful people in the world. And they're not. Many times they live the most wrecked lives of us all. And, and so a lot of times we look at life, we look at somebody else and we think, I want what they have because if I have what they have, I wouldn't have to worry about what I have to worry about. And so we always live this thing of wanting what somebody else has. Jesus said, if you want lasting peace and joy, let's first understand what we have to fight. Because we battle the wrong things. We fight with worry, fear, doubt. We let those things overwhelm us. And so we're constantly letting them pull and take, and we're battling those things. And it doesn't give us the energy and the, 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 just the, the resolve to be able to fight for the right things. Jesus said, don't worry about your life. Well, great, that's Jesus. (laughs) He's perfect. He's the son of God. All right, what about me? Well, then he says this. He said, well, look at the birds of the sky. Look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap. They don't gather and put things into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? See, this is coming at a time where people didn't have food readily available for them, not like you and I have. I mean, we could pull out our phone today and we could, we could get us some food. We could DoorDash some food right to our door. Tell them where to put it, pay for it, take care of it. They didn't have that opportunity. They had to grow what they ate. They had to wait on it. They had to store it. They couldn't just, it didn't keep like we have it today. They had all many, all these other things. Clothing, they probably only owned one to two, or maybe if they were lucky, three changes of clothes. And so here, Jesus said, think about the birds He's speaking in their context. There were probably birds flying around. He might have said, hey, look at that. Think about that bird. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't gather and store into barns. But your heavenly Father feeds them. But yet, you're worth more than they. Now, this is a great word for somebody like me. He said, can any of you add a single inch to their height by worrying? 
Just take it from me. No, I've tried. You know, I can't do that. I could try and wish that I were taller. I could wish that I were skinnier. I could do things like that. I might can affect the second part. I can't affect this part. I mean, I can worry about this and wish that I had another few inches on my height, but I can't do that. And then Jesus says, and why do you worry about clothes? Learn how the wild flowers of the field grow. They don't labor. They don't spin thread. But look at what he says. And maybe I wonder if Jesus is even speaking in the spring. In the springtime, when he's on this hillside teaching, and maybe it's just, maybe it's flowing with fresh new flowers that are budding and the birds are in the air. He said, I tell you, look at this, that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adored like one of these. And then look at what he says. He says, if that's how God clothes the grass of the field today, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, why wouldn't he do so much more for you, you of little faith? I don't believe he said you of little faith in a condemning way. I believe he said it in a way that's to pull you in closer to him, to make you stop and go, hmm, he's right. And so then Jesus says, you got to know what to fight. He said, so don't worry saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear? He said, the idolaters eagerly seek all these things. Think about that for a second. Those that are chasing things other than God, those who are not seeking first the kingdom of God. He said, the idolaters, those that are pursuing things, wealth, uh, uh, other religions, whatever it may be, they're seeking these things, and yet your heavenly Father knows you need them. Give us today our daily bread. God knows you need it. Well, why isn't he providing it for me like I want? Well, it's not about what you want. It's about what we need. See, a lot of times we look at anxiety as a sin problem. Anxiety is not a sin. Anxiety is an emotion that can lead to sinful behavior. I mean, today they say that, that the, there's probably 60 to 80 million people in America that are that are struggling with severe cases of anxiety. That kid, that number may actually be a lot higher. But but today the average child in America, probably directly tied to social media and our phone and all of these different things, has the level of anxiety that a person committed to a mental hospital had in the 1950s. Wow, that's crazy to look at how that has taken over our life. And you would think it's somewhere, someplace we would stop and go, wait a second, something's not right here. Something needs to stop. Something needs to change. Oh, I wish I had a place that I could go to give me peace. I wish that I had someone that I could go to that, that I didn't have to pay every time I went to sit down with them that would hear me out, that would listen to me, that would come to my rescue. And then I look to this. How can a book with words written on a page give me that, Pastor? How can, I know that's what you're supposed to say, but when I read the Bible, I don't get it. 
Well, we got to connect with the with God through the Bible. God speaks through His Word. He speaks through prayer. He speaks through the church. He speaks through godly counsel. And then your circumstances to show you Himself, His ways, and His desires for your life. And so God's, Jesus said, come to me. Come to me and let me give you rest. Anxiety is not a sin. It's not a sin to be anxious. It's, a, it's an emotion that can lead to sinful behavior. Look at what it, Paul wrote in Philippians. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice, exclamation point. Let your graciousness be known to everyone because the Lord is near. He is close to you. So be a rejoicing person. Be a thankful person. He said, don't worry about anything, but in everything. Is that not what we do? We worry about anything, and, and, and we worry about everything, and it causes us not being able to focus on anything. Jesus said, if you don't worry about anything, because in everything, you are through prayer and petition and thanksgiving, you're letting your request be made known to God. I lash out, I respond, I get angry, I just, ah, ah. Why? Because I'm worried, I'm stressed, I'm fearful, I'm panicking, I do all of these things. Jesus said, if you give me everything, you don't have to worry about anything. And when you do that, Jesus said, then the peace of God, not the peace of Jeff, not the peace of you, the peace of God that surpasses every thought will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So he says, finally, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any moral excellence in these, anything praiseworthy, think on that. But if it's not, don't. He said, do what you have learned from me, received, heard, seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. So pastor, what do I need to do? You need to surrender control. Surrender control. Stressed out, maxed out lives are not what God intended for you. Surrender. Give up. Surrender control. You're not in control anyway. It's an illusion. Number two, learn trust. So you got to learn what to fight. I'm fighting the worry. I'm fighting the stress. I'm fighting the anxiety, but I'm fighting it through God, through His Word, through prayer, through rejoicing, through graciousness, through casting my cares on Him. I'm surrendering control, and in that, I learn how to trust. Pastor, how do I learn how to trust? Read, worship, read, pray, focus. Say that. Worship, read, pray, focus. Worship, read, pray, focus. Worship, read, pray, focus. That's it. Surrender control, learn trust, experience peace. A.W. Tozier said, most Christians want a parenthesis, a way to get around the idea of total commitment. So do that. Surrender control, learn to trust, experience peace. So I've got to know what to fight, and then I've got to learn how to fight. This is how I fight my battles. This, when it looks like I'm surrounded, I am truly surrounded by you. I've got to know what to fight, and, and then I've got to know how to fight. So I'm fighting this worry. I'm fighting this fear. I'm fighting this battle that's trying to rob me of peace and joy. Well, now i got to know how to fight. And Jesus tells us, we've already said it, seek first. Worship, read, pray, focus. Worship, read, pray, focus. Worship, read, pray, focus. 
Surrender control, learn trust, experience peace. That's what I have to do. Seek first the kingdom of God and his ways. And then all of these things that I'm worried about, stressed about, will be provided for you. He said, therefore, he said, when you seek first the kingdom of God, don't worry about tomorrow. I mean, Garth Brooks told us that. He said, what if it doesn't come? (laughs) If tomorrow doesn't come? Well, it never will come. You know why? Because when it gets to tomorrow, it'll actually be today. And today will be yesterday. And then the next day will be tomorrow. But it never comes because when we get there, it's today. I mean, it's just kind of confusing. But he said, don't worry about tomorrow. Because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day, amen to that, has enough trouble of its own. Some questions for you today. If this is the case, who or what are you seeking? Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. So who or what are you seeking? What are you seeking? Things that please and satisfy yourself? Or are you seeking first the kingdom of God and his ways? Who are you seeking? Are you seeking stuff that satisfies you or somebody else or him? Who or what are you seeking? Because the more you strive, the more you stress. The more you seek, the more peace you receive. The more you strive for these things, the more you stress. But the more I seek God, the more I find him. And the more peace I receive. Who and what are you seeking? When do you seek it? When do you seek it? Are you seeking it in the heat of the moment? Or are you seeking it on a continual basis? I get going to God in a panic. God is an ever-present help in your time of need. He will be ready and waiting for you when you need him. But he also wants to be available for you when you don't. To be a regular relationship, ongoing conversation between you and God. And so that that happens daily, not in panic-filled moments. When do you seek it? See, you won't rise to the occasion if you aren't faithful in the process. You and I won't rise to the occasion here. We just won't if we're not going to be faithful to the process. When it's time to rise to the occasion, when it's time to respond in a way that honors God, it comes from the the faithfulness that I exhibit in the process. Am I faithful to, to worship, to pray, to read, to focus? Am I faithful in his word? Am I faithful in his church? Am I faithful in honoring him with my life? Because when those difficult moments come, I want to rise to the occasion. I want to be able to rejoice. I want to be able to have peace. I want to be able to have wisdom. But if I'm not trusting him, if I'm not surrendering control, if I'm not experiencing his peace, I'm not going to exude it when it times time. And so, so, so who or what are you seeking? When are you seeking it? What are you looking to get in return? See, when we fill our minds with the wrong things, the right ones have no place that they can enter. Peter tells us in one of his letters, 1 Peter chapter 5, it's near the end. He says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he can lift you up in his time. He does the lifting. You don't exalt yourself. He does it. He says, and and." Cast, once you humble yourself, you realize you can cast all of your care. It's like I'm fishing. I'm casting. I'm casting it. I'm casting. I'm baiting that hook, and I'm casting it on him because he cares for me. Then he tells us, he says, be serious, be sober, be, be alert. Watch out. Be ready. Because your adversary, the devil, 
is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. He's like a roaring lion. There is only one lion in the Bible that is true, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the Lord Jesus Christ. The devil wants to be that, but he's like that. So he really can't do what God can do. And so Peter says, resist him. Stand firm in your faith and know that the same sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. See, this is what we learn about knowing how to fight. When I let the God of peace get involved in my life, when I let the God of peace be involved in my life, no problem is unsolvable. No life is irredeemable. And no one's fate is sealed. And ultimately, no one is unlovable. So today... Today, why don't you take action against your anxiety? Take action against your anxiety, against the thing that causes you to stress, fear, worry, and doubt, the things that steal your joy, the things that steal your peace, the things that rob you of the life that Jesus came to give you. The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life to the fullest. Today, don't ever underestimate the ripple effect of one simple act of obedience. Seek him first. Learn to trust him and experience his peace in your life. Let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, we give you praise for your peace We thank you for your presence, and we stand on your promises. We we hold on to your unbelievable power, and we ask that it would be evident over our lives today. May it be seen in us. May it be felt by us so that it can be communicated from us. Help my friends today as they hear, as they listen, to not just to hear and listen, but to receive and respond to the gospel, to the fact that you, Lord, love them. You care for them and you are ready to hear them and act and respond on their behalf. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great day.